This summer, three men are set on the loose and wanted for an international manhunt. All rules are barred, and no man is safe. In this thrilling, non-stop, action-packed ride brought to you by the creators of the 751st most popular podcast on the Apple Podcast Leisure Chart in the United States of America. This summer, we've asked our audiences to hint at what game they are playing with the line, This summer. Wow. Or coming this summer. Coming this summer. Yeah, yeah, they are coming (laughs) this summer. I didn't need to clarify. There's a lot of podcasts out there. 751st is not bad. Let's go ahead and say that. We are worse than the hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there because we know that we're at least as good as just hundreds of them. I would like to know what the 750th. Yeah, like what do we have Ranked to do to beat that guy? Leisure podcast is yeah. Yeah, they're bastards, is what they are, and they're going down. Motherfuckers, <laughs> they're getting down. They're they're getting knocked down one seven hundred forty ninth of a peg. <laughs> <laughs> is this like overall? I I overall for the leisure chart in the U.S. <laughs> Whatever that means. I don't know. It just it just came to us in an email. Are we a leisure podcast? Are we wow. easy leisure I, listening? I, I I guess we are now. When I upload is to it, SoundCloud, I just tick us under entertainment. Is it easy <laughs> to listen to this podcast? <laughs> I don't know if it's easy. Yeah, somehow I doubt that. But anyways. Sometimes there are sounds. <laughs> what it, what what is easy to do is mine our fans for content here on the Dad and Sons podcast. Oh, baby. Yeah. Where every every other week we play a little game with, with, with Twitter and the people who follow our Twitters and, and submit stuff to it. This week I have asked our audience to hint at what game they are currently playing using just a few words from a movie trailer tagline beginning with, Coming this summer. So, so I, got, I got a couple fun ones for you guys. Yeah, so the way we way we're gonna do it is we're gonna guess, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'm not gonna pick the ones that are super duper obscure. A lot of people just straight up like said what the 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 name of the game was. And to be fair, like we we didn't decide to make it a game until (laughs) after getting submissions in. Coming this summer. So I won't look at Twitter then. Mm, Yeah, okay. Unless you want to cheat. Which I know you do, but don't. Oh wow, wow. It's like Googling it in a pub quiz. This first one's pretty easy. Are, are, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. This summer from at no gods, no queens comes this summer. God damn it. Coming this summer. His cause is just his methods. Not so much. Buzz. buzz. Uh, what? I, oh, wait. Okay. Okay. I gotta. I gotta. I, I don't like the idea of the two ads competing over the answers. Maybe you guys should just start yelling it out loud. I just want to hear Matt buzz in. Uh, buzz. Thank you. We're, we're cooperative, <laughs> not competitive here on the Dad and Sons podcast. What could it possibly be? I don't know. Untitled mm-hmm. Goose Game. Oh. Maybe. You know, maybe. Oh, yeah, we don't actually have the answers. We don't. But I'm going to assume that if his cause is just and his methods are not, it's going to be a just cause game. Oh. But no, wait, no gods, no queens? Uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was from, from the, the username of the Twitter submitter. Oh, okay. Because you said this summer <laughs> before that, and I was like, oh, okay. That, that's what yeah, George, me George up. repeated that line about five times prior. 
This summer, <laughs> this summer, this summer. This summer. Like, oh, okay. Coming yeah. this summer. This okay. summer. Coming this, this summer. summer. God damn. This summer. Um, next up. Next yeah. up. Yeah, we should have had Matt do the line. <laughs> My sick voice. Sorry, 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 George. Coming this summer. Sit. Stay. Survive. Oh, stop the emphasis on coming. Uh, I'm, I'm so, it, how can I not emphasize the come? <laughs> what are we? What? <laughs> it's just the way you do it. You're like, coming this summer. Oh, that coming. Wow. Sit, stay, survive. What was the first? Well, first bit. Sit, stay, stay, survive. survive. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, wait, one more time. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> Day survive. It's we finally we finally got David Hayter on the show, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a dog game, doesn't it, Liam? Like a dog uh, game. I don't know. What could that be? Sitting, staying, surviving. That's like dog stuff, and then the survive. I have yes. no idea. Yes, there there is a new game that came out that involves some post-apocalyptic survival that does have big chunks in which you play as a dog. Ah, uh, new new indie game. I uh, it, it it was a little popular for a few weeks, but might might have already kind of faded Wait, into what? the. There was a there was a, ga- a post-apocalyptic game where you could play as a dog. What for, is it for a chunk of it? Um, name some names. Uh, I think he's talking about Overland. Oh. Oh. I've heard of Overland. I don't remember it. Oh, I've actually played it. Yeah. Huh. Weird. No, I didn't wow. think Wow. <laughs> wow. Oops. Forgettable, huh? Jesus. Nah, well, maybe. I don't know. Oh, uh, six out of ten. Mixed. Yeah, maybe a seven. I don't know. It's kind of passed me by a little bit. Anyway, next one. Oh, yeah. It's like a fox looking thing. Okay. Next okay. one. Okay. Coming this summer, (laughs) every time you speak, there are four dialogue choices. Three of those make you gay every single time. And that's like every dialogue. Um, that's like a Mass Effect, isn't it? (laughs) It, it, yeah. It's it's like a Mass Effect Andromeda. Like anything you do is just like, oh, you love me. You have to be like a complete dick in order for people to like not love you. I'm, I'm going to give you that one because my guess is what they're hinting at is just basically like any Bioware game. Yeah, any Bioware <laughs> game. Dragon Age was like that too. Not not the old ones. At least I don't believe so. But I know Inquisition was kind of like that. Or part two. Dragon Age 2 was kind of like that too. Where there was this guy who would hit on you regardless. Like j- just for being. And that's fine. That's like should be regular, but it's the way they did it. The execution was off, so off. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what another game, what game it could be. It could be like ROM 2064. I think that game's called. Um, this this one, I think I, I think I know what they're talking about, but I'm a little little ambiguous on it. Um, are you guys ready for? Are you guys ready to come again this summer? Yes. <laughs> It's getting cold over here. Coming this summer, the moon is haunted. Go shoot it in the face. I know what that is. Because I started playing it today for the first time in my life out of interest. I I, I saw you tweeting this summer about trying something out for the first time in your life. Yeah, my my tagline was a bit different. 
Um, yeah, there's a new Destiny expansion pack. Or, oh. No, is it a sequel or a like no, it's standalone a, it's ex- expand it's expansion. A sequel? It's an expansion. It's an expansion. Yeah. It, it's uh, uh, you could transfer your 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 um your game from Blizzard over to Steam. Yeah, so obviously now they're not a part of Activision Blizzard. Uh, it's not on Battle.net anymore, I don't think so. No. It's releasing oh, on God. Steam today. Okay. So yeah, they had a bad breakup. Yeah, so alongside releasing on Steam today. Oh, yeah, because Bungie's uh, technically indie right now. And well, yeah. Yeah. As indie as is, is indie, is like a year ago. The bare bones indie, right? <laughs> They've got like 600 developers. But yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> but is that not the definition of the word? I, I, I doubt no. it'll last very long, but... How is that? Like, what does that make Insomniac last year before they were purchased by Sony? Indie? Yeah, I guess. Well, like, the word is supposed to mean independently owned and operated, right? So if they don't have a, a, a yeah, publisher... You, you're, just, you're just fudging it. You know that's not what it means in our society of video game elites. I, I, I feel like that's not what it means anymore, but it is what it meant it back when it mattered more. Like, around 2008, 2009, when Braid and Fez were... Well, Fez was supposed to be coming out. You were... Like, you had to know... You yeah. had to know what the hell it meant to be an indie game, and now the 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 lines are so much more blurry as the 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 industry has kind of like splintered and and deconsolidated itself. That there are really I still think it's pretty simple to understand that Bungie is not an indie quote developer. Oh okay, my God! George, are we? But are you we know really? That... Are we really? Yeah, no, this let's... conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but I've been playing it. I want to talk about it in a bit. Coming this summer, grinding my gears. Five gears of war. Oh, okay. Damn it, Liam. I won. Oh. Buzz. Yep, yep. It's it's just gears five. It's not even gears of war. It's just gears five. You can have it right there in the tag tag line. Grinding my gears. Oh wow. I should I should have gotten that one. I just realized you said grinding my gears, and then there was a pause, and Matt yeah, said, said Liam. Liam. And now I'm like shit. <laughs> I'm like this man off. <laughs> no, 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 no! You guys talking about the, you guys? It, you're grinding his gears, not my gears. My gears no. are are well tip top shape. <laughs> yeah. Coming this summer to a console near you. Three houses will stand. Two will fall. Fire emblem. Three houses. Wow! Did you kill the other two houses? What the hell? Uh, Whoops. Edelgard's a Nazi. That's all that matters. Edelgard is a Nazi. Coming this summer, in the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, the world of the dead wakes up. Oh. What? I can only do 40k. I don't know which game in particular they're talking about, but that is a badass (laughs) line of trailer for for a Warhammer 40k game. I was going to say, it can only be Warhammer, right? It died. Yeah, I, I suppose. What what else? What else takes place? Is there a new? Is there a new Warhammer uh, game? There, there's 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 not many that explore the the forty first uh, century. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a lot Nerds. of. That's a lot of years away. Warhammer Chaos Bane is this year's. 
Jeez, Chaos Bane. That's that's okay. Um, I guess I guess this is like a good moment to to transition over to what we've been doing this week. Is it Warhammer? Holy crap. Well, no, but <laughs> with the name like Warhammer Chaos Bane, I feel like I I have I have something I want to raise my hand and and say. I'm I'm sorry for jumping us into something that's not video games, but I've been rewatching through the Lord of the Rings movies. Okay. I'm I'm doing extended fellowship, uh, theatrical two towers, and then extended Return of the King, and um, I, I I I I got to the end of two towers last night. I'm I'm watching them in piecemeal chunks because my God, those movies take forever. But yeah, extended fellowship is like four hours long, and extended Return of the King is is at least that. I don't know if it's four and a half or or another four. But uh, Two Towers has has a little bit better of a pacing to it. But even then, the whole movie is like a slow build up to one battle scene, and it's still three hours long. Um, are yeah, you, they are you insulting Lord of the Rings? Because there no. are just there are just some things I can I can't stand. No, I was just about to say they hold up surprisingly well. I'm actually quite yeah. pleased with. Uh, with how good, good the production is, and how fantastic the music still is, and how how wonderful of of a good ass time all the actors seem to be having, like like the the people playing playing Gandalf and Saruman, and, and even some of the goblins, like they're just having the time of their lives with this costume party. The completely, people name them by their names. So Ian McKellen, the, the missing Christopher Lee. <laughs> Have some damn respect for these British heroes. I can't believe that the nameless and and also whoever the the nameless uh, extras are playing the goblins and the orcs and the Uruk. I don't know who they are, but they are also like completely hamming it up, walking around with like God. spider poses, and <laughs> and there's so much like kinetic body acting in that movie. I forgot about, but as well as they've aged in so many respects. Sometimes a narrator or a character will say something like, In the age of the third age, the hobbits of Hobbiton journeyed to Mirastai, the land of 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 Tal Morgr. And it just sounds so cheesy, but there's nothing that you can really do about it to make that okay, because this is the thing that like made the cheese like like lord of the rings took the took the milk and curdled it into cheese and let it sit around an age long enough to become cheese it's funny you say that right because i was thinking about this literally about 40 minutes ago when i watched the brooklyn 99 episode where it riffs on fantasy tropes you know inspired by lord of the rings it's incredibly random that this comes up so of course in the episode they're like (laughs) playing off that they're big fans of this famous book series that's kind of like an amalgamation of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones in our popular culture now. And they're like saying, they travel to the journey to the mountain of Ragnarok. Like, and they just make up like fantasy sounding words. And it sounds so dumb and terrible. But because most of the Lord of the Rings <laughs> names sound very similar because they have like a structure to them because of, of course, J.R. Tolkien was like a linguistic genius and also mm-hmm. because everybody kind of knows them the only time i ever hear them in lord of the rings it just fills me with so much heart it never feels cheesy to me at all but then immediately like in this brooklyn 99 episode where they're like 
Ah, oh, yes, you need to go to Zandercraw and get the, the <laughs> ruby of Machmaplacha. And it's like, yeah, you're like, ah, it's not cool. Take the road to Lay's Frito until you reach the realm of cholesterol. Wow, I'm enjoying this. You must journey along the river Benile. I, I, I'm... I'm having fun with it. It's fascinating to see also just how much of an impact these movies had on the next 15 years of pop culture in retrospect. Because in retrospect, like, before the movies, did dwarves have Scottish accents for no reason? Uh, I don't know. Like, elves, elves now have pointy, smooth armor, and I, I, don't, I don't know if that's something they, they inherited from the books either. It's like a visual language that, Jay, yeah, that uh, Peter Jackson cropped up for this stuff after J.R.R. Tolkien, like, like, cams up and cheeses up the, the language language. I mean, there was, like, roll-top, that uh, roll-top, whoa, role-playing <laughs> tabletop games and even like old classic pc rpg games that came out before the movies you know that have been inspired inspired by the fantasy tropes that lord of the rings inspired you know somewhat 60 years ago now so i don't think it's the movies necessarily that has aesthetically uh inspired so much but definitely like structurally and making things seem cool that are nerdy the, the other thing that's interesting to rethink about this franchise as an adult is how much it resonated with hippies in the 60s, which I never really thought about when I was a kid, but as an adult, I can kind of see it. Like, the ring itself seems like both a metaphor for drug addiction and also violence and power. And and the good... Maybe that's why they fucked up Radagast in the Hobbit movies and made him, like, some weird-ass stoner who lives in the woods. Maybe. Instead I... of the all-powerful wizard he really is. It's, it's very hard for me to imagine walking up to strangers and being like, yeah, I'm into Lord of the Rings, and them assuming that that would make you a stoner hippie-type character. But before computers and tabletop RPG games, I can see how this totally would be an outlet for, for like, a generation exploring morality and drugs through through the medium of, of the classic ancient mythology, like the morality of this of the ancient stuff that Tolkien was interested in, was was updated for the 21st century po- post-war mentality. Like the the bad guys are industrialists and and authoritarian power grabbers, and the good guys are evoking this kind of pastoral, outdoorsy, flowery, powery, like. <laughs> Smoking a bunch of uh, 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 pipe weed, so they say in the movies, to 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 cast magic spells and shit. I I can see it. I can see it in retrospect how this this latched on to the popular consensus in the '60s rather than than in the earlier decades when when it you, actually hit the shelves. It's weird because you think it's been around forever, right? Just Lord of the Rings is like this synonymous book masterpiece that's been around forever. Yeah. Do you know what's super weird to me? What's that? As, uh, you know, looking back at, like, British literacy from the 1950s and that kind of thing. James Bond existed before Lord of the Rings. Huh. The first James Bond book by Ian Fleming, Casino Royale, was written and published in 1953, with The Fellowship of the Ring coming out a year later in 1954. So, so... James Bond 
James Bond has been around longer than Frodo in the ring. They're they're both of the same decade though. Like like they're both going to be made with some some I feel like similar similar implications about what it means to be one person caught up between the struggles of two mega states. It's just so weird. I such, I I like com- it. Such very different franchises. One feels a lot more modern for lack of a better word than the other. And, but the other one seems to have existed forever, Lord of the Rings. I mean, so does James Bond in a way, but... I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up Ian Fleming, born 1908. J.R.R. Tolkien was born uh, 1892. Okay, so... I do, I'm excited. I'm talking about something I'm excited about. So J.R.R. Tolkien was, was kind of an old man at the time. And um, that's... That might might give a clue here maybe ian fleming grew up on 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 more on on less ancient fairy tales around around the time technology and industry just started to completely take over all these british people's lives well at least over over the previous generation where they had grown up making those assumptions automatically about how that's how life is apparently going to be working in the modern age anyways anyways uh i i i want to i want to test matt eh (laughs) so I've just I've just found a BuzzFeed quiz of what Middle Earth character are you? Oh god! And I'm intrigued to find out what Middle Earth character Matt is. Oh god! Okay. So so Matt, first pick a sin: gluttony, greed, pride, sloth, wrath, lust, envy. Ooh! I have to pick one. You have to pick one. Pick a sin. I don't know if it means favorite or least favorite. It's just uh, I'll pick, pick lust. Did you? Yeah, definitely my favorite too. <laughs> Uh, pick an accessory. Boots, a torch, uh, a, a, what seems to be a, a, a golden cummerbund, a, a, an old smoky pipe that J.R. Tolkien would smoke, uh, a headband, or a big giant coat. There's no beards? Why are there no beards? No, pick an accessory. Oh. <laughs> I mean, a beard is kind of a fashion accessory when it's you think about it. Uh, old smoky pipe, golden cummerbund, giant boots... Torch, uh, like an old torch for fire, I'll, a headband I'll, or a giant coat. I'll do the, 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 the whatchamacallit, the pipe, the pipe. The pipe, okay, the pipe. Yeah. Pick a superpower, the ability to communicate with plants, oh mind reading, the ability to talk to animals, invisibility, the ability to travel at hyperspeed, omnipotent, or the ability to convince mythical creatures to hang out with you. Speed. Okay. Travel at hyperspeed. Pick a snack. <laughs> a scone, a piece of bread, uh, what seems to be like a pork leg, like a, like a barbecue pork leg, uh, granola, wine, or cheese and crackers. Scone. Okay, good boy. It's Saturday night. What are you doing? Drinking and dancing and eating with friends at your local bar. Perfecting the art of the smoke ring. Vape Nation. Online shopping. Taking a quiet but contemplative nature walk. Partying on your yachts. Plotting the triumph of evil over good. Writing a song. Um, I would say either Netflix or uh, number one, which is local bar. Let's go with local bar. Yeah. Choose choose your dream home. There is literally a hobbit hole here. So I guess if you pick that, you'd be a hobbit. There's a hobbit hole, a tree house, a castle... A church, a volcano, or some sort of beach resort. 
Let's go with Beach Resort. Okay. Beach Resort. How do you handle conflict? Strategically. An axe. Calmly and confidently. Pushing loved ones away and going solo. Oh no. Talking it out through conversation. Getting bossy and giving orders. Or you don't handle conflict. You are conflict. <laughs> I feel like I should go wild and go that one. Um, no, I'll, I'll do the... I'll do the talking it out. Okay. Uh, uh, here we go. Your dream... Choose your dream job. Cirque du Soleil performer. Oh my god, it's a long one. Owner of a microbrewery. I didn't expect it to be this long. Okay. Evil overlord. <laughs> Traveling salesman. Banker. President of the United States of America. Marijuana farmer. <laughs> Let's go wild. Let's go marijuana farmer. Why not? It's California, you right? So. You absolutely would, right? Yeah. Okay, here is supposedly the last one. Pick a ring. So there's a flame ring, uh, a ruby ring, what seems to be like an old Celt ring, a, a weird fucked up copper ring, what doesn't even look like a ring at all, it looks like a, a pancake, and then just a normal ring with a diamond in it. The fire ring. What's the fire ring? Uh, it's basically just a circle of fire. Could be a symbol of the one ring. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be Frodo. I just don't. Nope. Um, <laughs> but I'll take the fire ring because that seems the most interesting. <laughs> oh God! <Okay. laughs> what have I done? <laughs> any Any guesses as to what? Uh, no. <laughs> Gandalf, what about you, the great. What do you think? I, I, you're wise like you're wise like Gandalf, but you're not quite Gandalf. Yeah. Is is he gonna be Saruman the White? The White? No. Uh, so <laughs> your your description is you are very chill, the absolute chillest. You're contemplative, level-headed, and you'd rather not keep up with the fast pace of the modern world. Oh my God! You value your alone time. And it's not oh. that you're antisocial per se, it's just you prefer the company of trees over people. Oh, you what? And <laughs> your tree beard. Tree beard? I, I can't remember who that is. It's the he's, big he's the giant tree. walking, talking tree man. You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I could How <laughs> uh, does the tree go to the local bar? That shit is I bullshit. Don't know. How does it... How does a tree really become a marijuana farmer or maybe uh, lives in well, a beach resort? I don't know. No, that, that's what the ants do, right? They're supposed to be shepherds of the forest, so maybe maybe they, they grow things and just chill. <laughs> also, like, picking a fire ring, like, that's going to set you on fire. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Uh, okay. Uh, and, wow, that beard Ooh. is glorious, though. Well, well, well who, who, who are your favorites? Um, um, who are your favorite fellows? Of the ring. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, the elf woman. It's very, very... Oh. Arwen? Which one? Arwen or Gladriel? Glockenspiel. You know, it's been, it's been years. It's the one where, um, she, she gets, uh, she gets handed the ring, but she says no, she but she, before she does that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You will bow before your queen! That's that terrified me as a child. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, None more beautiful than I. It's terrifying. I, 
I, I I was watching it with 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 the female friend and Ooh. okay. One thing that that really surprised me was was at least according to her is how well Lord of the Rings had been stealth marketing itself to to female demographics all along in ways I hadn't ever really considered because. Because it's also a movie about a bunch of really good-looking dudes that kind of camp out in the woods together for weeks and talk about how deep and strong their friendship is for each other throughout all the hell they get tossed into into one another for. Which is an allegory for the trenches of war. And, and the female characters that occasionally do show up every now and then are like... themselves fairly badass while also at the same time wearing very traditionally feminine clothes feminine coded clothing that also doesn't succumb to the 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 like male temptation trope of of making them wear leather bikinis instead of giant flowing white dresses which you wouldn't think would be like like something empowering either but apparently at least through her, like, like it all was. And and she had girlfriends who were super into it, and they all had their favorite characters. And Who would George be, Matt? Uh, the first thing that came to mind was that, that little dwarf guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gimli, son of gl- Gloin. I almost said Gloin. <laughs> Nobody tosses a George. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Tap into that Constanza. <laughs> oh, my God. Dwarf Costanza is yeah. my new favorite imaginary <laughs> character that doesn't exist that I wish. He does look a little like a dwarf. I, I I was always a fan of Strider up until they find out that he's like the king of Rohan or something and the character becomes boring. What? You Ever dog, since you first you called him Strider, his name's Aragorn, and he's not fucking from Rohan. He's Whatever. Fucking Gondor. He's way cooler Gah. as Strider. Ever since I read that chapter of He's that cool book, he's cool as the king as well. I've I've Spoilers always for Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh! I've All always picked shit. thieves and rogues after that because he was just so freaking cool for for like the majority of one book, and then and then in the next books, I guess uh, my interest slid down to Gandalf instead. God, Jesus! Who who, who was nerds by pony over there? Who, yeah. who 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 was your favorite fellow, Liam? Which Aragorn. fellow did you want to be? Most of most Aragorn. Like okay, cliche. but I'm guessing for different reasons Gandalf, than mine. Like it's weird. Like as a kid, it's it's most definitely Aragorn, just because he's cool as Strider. And then when he saves Frodo on like Weathertop, it's badass. And then when they have to split up because you know Boromir is being a massive douchebag, like he's great. I mean, Frodo's like, take it. And everyone's like, I will not take it. I will protect you, though. And he's just, he's just so cool and sweet. And then when the, the, the best scene in the whole film trilogy, epic millennial saga, is <laughs> just the you bow to no man moment. Like, I love that scene so much. It makes me cry almost thinking about it. It's so sweet. And it's all Aragorn being lovely to the hobbits. But as I get older and I rewatch it, I appreciate Gandalf more and more because just Ian McKellen is yeah. so good at acting, it's not fair. He is. Man, like he's just he's my so actual good favorite. at acting. Yeah. He's Didn't incredible. he like 
like jump through pass. some hoops to make sure he got that role? Didn't he like make sure to live an extra couple decades long enough to get that role or something? I, I remember reading something along those lines where he'd uh, always wanted to play. I think he wanted to originally play Saruman, but was not evil enough. Oh, did you guys and then know they that got the- Christopher Lee? Did you guys know that back in the 60s when Lord of the Rings was a hippie stoner thing, the Beatles wanted to make a live-action Lord of the Rings movie? Oh, not those guys. I mean, Leonard Nimoy made a song about Bilbo. It would have completely changed the way pop culture would have gone for the next few decades because, I don't know, I guess I guess elves and dwarves and fantasy shit would have been seen as as a stoner thing instead of a nerd thing had that happened stoners and nerds quite maybe weed would be legal quite frequently guess what john lennon would have been playing if the beatles version of lord of the rings got made frodo nope frodo nope frodo no no frodo sauron it's someone you never would expect to see john lennon being Arwen. No. <laughs> Gimli. Uh, should should I go ahead and say it? You'll never get it. Elrond. He, it is he's the least he's... the least John Lennon-esque character. At, at least in the versions of these characters that Peter Jackson. Prolog. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell would John Lennon <laughs> play a high-pitched child imp devil thing with with like no meat <laughs> on his bones and i i don't know hello i would have thought john lennon would have been bilbo. one of the wizards hello yeah. there bilbo seems you've got a ring for me let me riddle with oh, you oh no paul mccartney <laughs> would have been frodo baggins while uh, ringo star would be samwise gamgee <laughs> poor ringo always getting screwed it could never I- not be andy circus i'm sorry I can carry you, Frodo. And George Harrison, George Harrison would have been Gandalf. And that, this is like all screwed up for me. That is a terrible casting. I I feel visually and musically it would have been great, but the characters they're picking do not seem to pick or match with their personalities. I, I feel like Paul McCartney as Frodo is a, is probably the one that fits the most. The rest of them are all topsy-turvy. Ringo would have been Smeagol. Yeah, his ne- it's right there in the name. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Lennon... John Lennon... I can't see John Lennon being Aragorn. I can totally see John Lennon being a a stonery version of Gandalf. I think he'd be Elrond. I can so easily imagine, you you know that scene where Gandalf and uh, Bilbo are blowing smoke rings? This is fun, isn't it, Bilbo? Yes, yes, I can totally imagine seeing his, like, like magic ship-shaped smoke, like, reflected in the glasses that just glaze over as he stares <laughs> in the distance with the knowledge of a thousand timelines of Earth behind him. What are you talking about, Gandalf? Just imagine it, Bilbo. <laughs> All will be yours when you have the ring. Oh my god. So, yeah, um... George Harrison would be like... I don't know. George Harrison could be... Maybe Legolas? I don't know. Josh Harrison's a weird one. I I think he'd have to be someone who's more of a side character. Like, if anything, 
Maybe Legolas he should be Sam. Really? I guess, but he's also like one of the official fellows. <laughs> is that what they're called? They're not called the fellowship. They're called the official fellows. Yeah, yeah. You you, uh, you take those personality quizzes to find out which fellow you are. Yeah, Matt's the end. <laughs> Great. Matt's the true tree of the podcast. <laughs> so uh, we've talked about Lord of the Rings for for like oh, twenty wow. minutes now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should talk about games that we played. Or you guys played? Matt, have you played any games? <laughs> no, I played a lot of games the last two weeks uh, before this week. Or well, we recorded Was that Friday when we, were, when we were going through gears. No, uh, I played like Blasphemous, and so I want to hope that I can get Blasphemous? into that. Yeah, that looks like my jam, isn't it? Like like making fun of of the church and stuff. Yeah, it it's like. So those parts are cool with the pixel art, but the the character, the, the way you, the way it feels, it's it's a little clunky what, what, and What's stiff. up with his big head? That's where he puts all the goop in before he puts it back on his head. How does he fit through doorways? He he, he breaks through. <laughs> he just bumps like a perfectly canonical shape hole in every door you pass through. It's just like the right size every time. Probably ducks his head, but um, I'll, I'll keep this short. Like this, it doesn't. There's like a certain section, like early on in the game, where you're just the platforming is just so garbage. You're falling off and dying constantly. Like you don't die until you get to that place, and then you're just falling. You're dying from platforming because the game feels so stiff, and like. There's like a, there's a dodge button, right? That you unlock a slide, right? But you can't slide constantly. So you slide and you're, you're pressing the button. You can't slide again. And your guy just sits there. Like, it's just like a slide. Then the animation is stiff. It just feels off. And I, I don't know what to call it. I know you, I know Liam will probably know how to, there's no like animation in between the two. So it just feels oh, between. like you're just standing around doing nothing and then you end up getting hit so it's like it, it takes some getting used to i don't think this is like a get good type of thing yeah um it's just like a it's mistake more just yeah <laughs> it's just a mistake yeah it just oh. doesn't feel good um i i think it was for balance that they made it certain decisions but uh they the platforming i think is probably the worst of them all, uh, okay, with the enemies so being super annoying, because you would have to jump to get some of the enemies while you're platforming, and you can fall off at any time, especially when the wind is on an icy place where you can get blown off as well. Like, it is one of the worst areas I've played, and I, I just, after that, I was just like, okay, you know what? So, I'm good. so in, in respect of the stuff that I would think is cool about this, uh, why is it called Blasphemous? I, I don't know, they're there's churches involved, I guess. I didn't play enough <laughs> oh. of it to to know. Um, there's a lot of, like, for instance, when you kill a monster, he soaks his blood, his helmet in its blood, and, and puts it on his face. Get all that juices. Makes him stronger. <laughs> Makes him stronger. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would Not. like to think that's what he's doing when he puts on the helmet. He's just like licking it up. He's just this what's, little sound effect. What's, what's with the like like crown of thorns in the helmet? 
I don't know, weird stuff. There's a lot of weird bosses in that. It's weird, weird stuff, dude. It, I it's feel definitely like, like Souls. Like, I'm I'm gonna end up playing this game at some point before I die just for the weird stuff. Yeah, and and it'll probably be patched up by then. It's probably patched up now. Yeah, you know, probably fix a few issues, make it less clunky. Yeah, you know? what a deal! What a deal, right? When games it seems to be getting be very mixed. Yeah. It does seem to be like some people really love it. They're able to overlook some of the gameplay flaws because aesthetically it's so unique and interesting. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. certainly something in that regard. But then other people are like, damn, this game's frustrating. Fuck. Yeah. It's, it, it's, that's the people who have time to deal with it and people who don't have time to deal with it. It's like, ah, I'll move on to something else. <laughs> I'll just move on. I'll just move on to something else. Yeah. I don't know. Not 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 into being frustrated when I'm playing something. At least not with this anyway. Uh what else, what else we got? Yeah. I've, I got uh, a- I've only I've only had a chance to play two games. One of them I started today. But I did play three hours of it, which for me is like a record at the moment. Oh yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> chunk. That is a good chunk. I I and I wanted to play it. Like I played it for an hour, and I had to stop, and I couldn't wait to try it again later. I haven't played a game like that in ages. What was it? It was Destiny 2. No so way! Please, please kill me. <laughs> okay, yeah, because you basically just signed yourself up for, like, like a year of this shit. Like, what the fuck? Good what luck, man. With these live games. Have either of you played Destiny before or Destiny yeah. 2? Multiple I've, times. I've, I've given it a whirl, but never got like super committed. See, I've, I've never given it a whirl. I played the alpha of Destiny 1 back in like 2012, 2013. The very first alpha before beta, like when everybody was like getting hyped about this being the new biggest thing that's going to hit the planet and I played it and it was god awful and I hated this summer. it and the shooting sucked and everything about it sucked and ever since then I have ignored Destiny until the cows come home never cared even the five year path it's been on now to people caring and but the as complete we about, like remake of that first game almost yeah, that ex- they, they exactly, no man right? skied it so they basically have no man skied it it seems um but I haven't touched it. I don't know really anything about it, apart from the fact that stumbling through Twitter today, I found out that it's free to play now. Yes, today, sir. they launched what they called Destiny New Light. So alongside the new expansion that came out today, which is called Shadowkeep, where Moon's Haunted, gotta go to the moon, Moon's Haunted, uh, they're basically releasing the whole of Destiny 2 with the previous two expansions that came out for it, all for free. Completely free to play. And that's quite incredible for a a game like this, I guess. Um, But because it was on Steam, I was like, well, this is quite easy to, like, maybe install and try. And I played, like, the first hour uh, through the tutorial and then through, like, one strike, and I was like, wow, this is fun. I like this. Uh-huh. And then after work today, I stayed in the office until the lights went off, playing more of it 
trying to figure out what the fuck to do in it because to be fair it is super confusing and it's not very well designed in its initiation of players but besides that point shooting and walking around the world and like doing public events and stuff and there's loads of players I'm like ah this is great I can't believe I like this game how long that feeling will last though I don't know but right now I'm like excited to play it tomorrow usually a couple months I'm excited it's when you hit that wall of uh you have to gain um gain some friends you have to get some friends up to do a i don't raid. have any yeah you have to do a raid that's Shit. when it starts to slow down that's when you're like Shit. Ah, okay uh, something else came out and Shit. you just go on to that one yeah friends i need friends you two friends 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 i'll give it a try for free I know I vomited all over the podcast George last week, but please n- still like me. George will never reach raid content. He will never. Don't count on George. I'll but play I the first three hours either. with you again. Yeah, see. see. <laughs> Fuck you. If even three hours. George will do like uh, an hour and a half. Oh, I got to go, guys. Right? It's uh, free to play. So it's, worth, it's worth trying. Like if anybody who listens is like super into Destiny 2 and can explain to me what the hell everything is, because there's like your main quest and then there are bounties and daily challenges and strikes vanguard strikes pvp it's all loot, it's all loot. yeah but like it's all like how what am i doing to progress i guess i'm just doing the diablo thing of trying to get better loot right yeah and, but i want to experience you, like the raids and stuff so how do i get to the raids by completing the story and then uh, if there's you're a not story top, yeah there should be a story there. I know that the the big Mooney thing, the Traveler, I, yeah. it's all around that, right? It's centered around that. To be fair, the first time I walked into what what is it, the Tower? Yeah. And I looked the, up at the, the Traveler, and it is oh, it is oh, that one. It is massive. Yeah. It is so big, and that skybox with that thing looming over you is very pretty. The scale of it is is very cool. You're playing on PC? I'm playing it on my work PC at the moment, but I'm thinking I'm going to... Because it's called cross-save, right? So I'm going to yeah. like also download it on the PS4 so I can play it at home and maybe try and at least make a good dent into it so I know that I'm not... So that if I do play it for like maybe 20 hours or so and I don't really feel it after that time, I will have given it a shot and I will know Disney 2 isn't for me and I don't have to waste my time thinking about it anymore. But if I do like it, then time well spent. Yeah, you're probably going to like it until you lose interest. Kind of like every MMO that we all play. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, it's just like not that important anymore. I put 100 hours into Final Fantasy XIV, which for me is like, holy shit, that's a lot of time. And that's nothing compared to the MMO player. I mean, nothing. Yeah, I know. We're talking about thousands of hours, dude. I know. I was watching the Warframe documentary the other day, and, and one girl was like, yeah, I've put like 12,000 hours in a Warframe. I'm like, does Jesus. that mean you don't have a job? Do you not have a job? Do you not play any other game? Because I can't imagine only playing Play one, one game. game. The thing about yeah. these live services, and I understand why they're um, <coughs> pushing the way they are, because they are supposed to basically just be the only game you play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of scary. 
Like, it's like you're signing up to a church and, like, you're forever going to be stuck with that church. But it it makes sense oh. for normal people. Like, I... I don't know. All the people I know who are who are into video games, but not to our level, have gotten into a trend of playing games like that. Like they'll have their one game. I feel like Rainbow Six Siege is something I would still be playing if I hadn't like had other obligations, and then also burnt myself out on it with like a twenty-four hour stream years a couple years ago. Yeah, that's for me. Is like I would think that you would just get burnt out eventually, but. When I'm thinking back on like my formative years, I I remember playing so much Counter Strike, and I'm still not really like I can still whip it out and have a fun day with it. Ooh, somebody clip that! I can still whip it out and have a fun day with it. I'm gonna clip that out. Yeah. Uh, any 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 of of the respective battlefields like every every five to eight years some shooter will come out that always hooked me and and it seems like that's what these companies totally knew and took advantage of and and are building entire games around and outside of that world because yeah you know back in those days there would always be the one guy who just plays halo like halo the stuff bungie was doing before destiny kind of sort of filled that circle it just I don't think they knew that's how the market consumed their games. At least to the the numbers that they do now, thanks to being able to massively siphon incredible amounts of of, of data from everyone's gameplay saying sessions so much more easier than people could in the past. Now you can uh, very, very, very delicately balance these games for for the longest play times and best balance possible with, with a quick glance at some spreadsheets. And heat maps. They didn't have heat maps back then. Yeah, I can't imagine just playing one game forever. I mean, I can see the appeal, but you would definitely get burnt out, right? I can. It's it's I for get, people who very quickly who who have less of a of a threshold than than I think we do. It's it's for people who have like an hour and a half to play a day. Oh my god. Okay, so um, I have questions about how Destiny Two works on PC now. Nowadays, is that where you're playing it? Well, that's where I have started, yes. And you said that you don't do it in the Blizzard cl- client anymore. Or no, the Battle.net client. Everybody had to do something like, uh, as I have mentioned, I am no expert on this subject at all, but as far as my understanding is, everybody had to, who used PC, had to do something called PC Move. Yeah. Where I they did basically that. migrated all their save oh, stuff yeah. over to Steam. Okay. Yeah, I did that. It's, Wait, it's Matt, simple. you actually playing? No, I, I migrated it over. So I know I'm going to eventually play. Ah. So I so, migrated because so I... I had it on, obviously, on Blizzard. Because I played it already. I already, I already beat, I already got to, like, the <laughs> end game raids, and then I stopped. That's, that's what happens every time. Guess, guess what I did. Comes out, I play it, and then I, I'm done with it. Because I'm not going to gather friends to go freaking do a, a damn thing. I, I I have it installed on the Blizzard client, and I've never like either <laughs> launched it or now I don't know what to do with the gigabytes it's taking up. But once once it went free to play, I at least installed it, and now I guess I just forget about all that and go to Steam instead. Well, no, you yep, have to you can just move. install it. it. Might be too late for you, actually. I mean, if you just want to open a new account, you can just 
just install it on Steam and use your uh, Steam ID. I, I guess I might as well. I don't have like like any any amount of uh, grimoire cards from the first game that are worth it after like the, wow. the two hours of it I played. <laughs> Anyways, um, so speaking of of stores and installations and different corporate movements creating different versions of products uh uh uh, uh i reinstalled and got into minecraft again over the past week i i want to play that <gasps> you got a server going i i, I will uh, a friend that. of mine has a server going i'll uh I'll, I'll let him know if if you want in the thing is though this time we are playing the windows 10 version of minecraft so no mods no mods, uh, slightly faster performance, um, more, more of a robust online experience, uh, uh, better, well, I say better, uh, uh, more accessible interface. Other than that, it's the same Minecraft, but I feel bad for, for kids who gotta put up with this shit. I feel worse for the parents who gotta put up with this shit. Okay, so... <clears throat> Where to start? Um, I'll start with what happened to my, my old Java Minecraft account. I, I signed up for that in 2008 with a student email address that is not around anymore. I lost the PayPal transaction ID because PayPal sent the receipt to my student email address. I can't do a password recovery with this old account. So when a friend of mine started up a Minecraft server I, on, on the new version, I was just like, okay, whatever. I'll just I'll just buy a new copy of the game for $26 because oh I've definitely gotten $26 worth out of it. And back in 2008 when I bought on Early Access, it was like 10 11 bucks. Um, I go over to uh, the Mojang store and buy myself a, a PC version of Minecraft, thinking that it would be more cross-compatible between the Java version and the Windows C++ whatever version than it turned out to be, because on, on the store instruction page where it says you can click a button to redeem a code for the Windows version of Minecraft, which turns out to be a different code that you buy on a different store that's barely even linked to the Mojang store, even though Microsoft still owns both of them. The code would not generate on the web page that it created for me, so I was pretty much expected to buy it again for 26 more dollars on the Windows store instead of the Mojang store, but apparently a friend of mine found a shady key on eBay for $5 that that we went with instead. Uh, so anyways, on once, once, once we redeem the eBay key, you register it to your Microsoft account, and that's your new login for this version of Minecraft instead of the Java version of Minecraft, both of which include the Minecraft Realms features that, that I tried to log onto my friend's server with at first, but it wouldn't work because it was the Windows C++ version. And... Uh, yeah, I... They're two separate products with the exact same name and price that exist on two very different storefronts and social networks on the same machine, which is the computer you're playing on. So you know what happens now when I press start and type in Minecraft? What? Uh, fix Minecraft. Two, two different icons show up. And the computer, like, doesn't know which version of the game I'm trying to launch. 
like like a shortcut for Minecraft shows up, a Minecraft.exe shows up, and then an entry for just Minecraft the app shows up, and they have <laughs> two different icons. It's the weirdest, most like like contrived. It's 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 the Kafka esque bureaucracy that buying cheap digital copies of of computer games has has really become after after all that talk on how if you're into destiny 2 all along things are going fine but apparently the game got re-released as a free to play and then got remade and then got this new expansion pack that everyone actually genuinely enjoys that, that i guess is how they're expecting to make their money on now but it's a free persistent service that always had to exist on some kind of storefront but now you have to migrate your installation over from from this to that and 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 Minecraft is is functioning in the same way, and I just can't imagine how confusing this would be for people who are like less informed than me. And it already is confusing for me, because I bought the wrong thing, Damn. and and paid a little extra for it. Uh, well, there you go. So, have you actually played Minecraft at all? Yeah, they have cats now. It's cute. The. The um, interface has been been updated for some streamlining things. They they started this last year, last time I got into Minecraft. Every freaking year I just get sucked into Minecraft again. When uh, they did the big underwater updates, you have uh, a crafting recipe attached to your interface, so you don't got to go to the wiki every, every three minutes. Well, in the Windows version, which is weird because the PC version is also the Windows version, but that's the Java version if you want to get into the nomenclature of it. It has a freaking search bar! You can just type in what kind of planks you want and, and the, the recipe will like autofill for you as you type it. It's, it's, it's nice, it's wonderful. I, I know there's no mods, but you do, you do get some cool features for the sacrifice of that. Minecraft. 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 I'm playing Destiny and you're playing Minecraft and we talked about Lord of the Rings. Like, where do we go from here, to be honest? We don't go anywhere, man. We just stop the podcast now. We just stay. Can you save us, Matt? You're usually the one who has to save us. No, no, no. George, George doesn't want to hear about Netflix. Uh, I, I might. Nope. Is it an anime? Wait, 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 wait. When are we doing the Gretzko season two spoiler cast? Like that one guy <laughs> always asks week after week after week. Matt, uh, have you seen that? I I was watching like the first bit of the episodes actually. Um, of the first episode. Don't don't get his hopes up. Don't get his hopes up. Yeah, I I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. It <laughs> it didn't grab me like immediately. So I was just like, uh. I'm going to watch some more Russian Doll. Uh, that's what I've been into lately. Russian Doll. And uh, Between the Two Ferns movie, which is ridiculous. Between Two Ferns? Yeah, with Zach Galifianakis. They, they made a movie out of that? They made a movie. It's, just, it's so a like, stupid movie, but it has like interviews in it. And I think like the ending, while they're having all the bloopers, is like just um, so amazing. Because you never get to that, see bloopers of uh, that, Between the Two, two Ferns. But that sounds right yeah, up I my really, alley. I can't. I honestly, that show confuses me so much. I think Zach Galvanakis is really like that. He must be, right? Yeah, he is. Like, does, hey, you, like, if you want to know how like comedians are, I would say watch uh, Seinfeld's uh, Coffee in oh, cars with coffee and cars, cars, cars with comedians. Getting coffee. Getting cars and coffee. With getting cars comedians. and coffee. 
car, cars and hold on, let me pull out the Met Netflix. It's on my thing. Uh, oh my comedians God, in man. cars getting coffee. There it is. And yeah, like you, Zach was on there, and it, you can kind of see like how he is, and it's a little bit of his character, what he shows on uh, between the two firms, and but he, he's like successful. He shouldn't, he shouldn't feel down on himself. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, it, it, that's that's a that's a good watch for sure. If you like Between the Two Friends, because Between mm, the Two yeah. Friends is like so funny. That that was that was one of my my favorite web zones back uh, back in the day. Remember, remember when when he had Obama on there to to talk yes. about healthcare.gov? Yes. So when good. you said there was a movie, I was imagining some kind of weird postmodern, very meta. Like just an hour and a half of maybe one shot of incredibly awkward conversations. Is is it like that? Or how how the hell do they turn that into a movie? It's like what's, what's the format? It's more of an excuse to I've seen do some more of the YouTube. I've seen some of the YouTube clips of like ones that are in the movie, like a uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, is that one of the ones in the movie? Yeah. That that was funny. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm telling you, it's worth to see the that movie. That was funny. Even though the story is kind of stupid, it's worth to see the movie just for... Yeah. How the hell does those. it have a story even? It, it, I don't want to spoil it. It's just, you know, <laughs> Will Ferrell is his boss and he tells him to, to create... He he wants his own talk show host. Zach wants his own talk uh, talk show, like late night. And says, um, and Will says, oh, you, if you get 10 more interviews... I'll give you your your uh your late night show or whatever. And it has like a moral to the story and everything, but it's it's dumb. It's dumb and it, it's funny. You know, to me anyway. Um but uh I, I say it's worth it just to see the interviews and the ending when you see the bloopers for the interviews. Because you can see that uh like they come in and he has a bunch of stuff written down. But they don't know what he's gonna say, so they're reacting. But I'm obviously I'm pretty sure <laughs> the celebrities know that when they're coming on this show, they're gonna they're gonna get roasted for a little bit. You know? Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So at least that's what I see. <laughs> the Paul Rudd one was you know very funny. I watched the Benedict Cumberbatch one as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to spoil the movie for you for yourself, yeah. Well, so. uh, they're they're only like five minutes long, right? The movie's gotta be. <laughs> at least three, at least three times more than that. <laughs> at least fifteen minutes. At least fifteen minutes. You know. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I will. I think I'll watch. I think I'll watch it when I get the chance. It did. The trailer did look pretty funny. And we have dashed the hopes of an Agretzko season two spoiler cast. Um. Not yet. One yeah, day. Not yet. Oh yeah. What's his name? Ryan. Ryan, maybe Seacrest. We got we Reynolds, got you. Gosling. Just not, just not yet. Yeah. Or ever, maybe. <gasps> Our driveway snowed in. Old, Old man, man winter. <laughs> That's right. I fill your driveways with ice and snow. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. That's what. Stop. Mister Plow. Get out, you lousy. Season? All right, I'm going. My head hurts. I have to lie down for a while. Yay! Hello, I'm Mr. Plow. 
Are you tired of having your hands cut off by snow blowers and the inevitable heart attacks that come with shoveling snow? Uh-huh. Then call Klondike 53226. Call now and receive a free T-shirt. But I'm a real tightwad. Can I afford this remarkable system? Absolutely. My prices are so low, you'll think I've suffered brain damage. You are fully bonded and licensed by the city, aren't you, Mr. Plow? Shut up, boy. Ah! So remember, call Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. Hey, it's me. It's George. We're we're back into the podcast, and I'm I'm bringing us back into the news this week. You could do that. Sounded like you just did that. Let's stick with that. Yeah, let's, let's stick with that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if I could have come up with something more creative, but I guess we'll never know again because instead, <gasps> we're going to talk about Randy Pitchford for a bit. Oh, oh no. No, no. Oh, uh, yeah. What is it with your obsession with Randy Pitchford? Because he's full of great news stories. <laughs> and it's a podcast where we talk about silly news stories. And, and Randy Pitchford and Hideo Kojima and David Cage, they just, they just, and also like actual official steam policies, they just generate silly news stories for us to giggle over. Well, what has he done this time? Randy Pitchford is in trouble again. Uh, this time, he's he's getting sued for uh, again. Um, this isn't the same lawsuit as the the one from his old lawyer, where he was alleging that he was siphoning off a twelve thousand dollar chunk of the company budget for his own personal salary. This lawsuit is now happening from the old Duke Nukem composer Bobby Prince who says that his original um, 1996 license with Apogee Software had a $1 per unit sold royalty that he was supposed to be getting, which is interesting. I wonder if those kinds of deals are still around. Um, when Gearbox bought the rights from Apogee for Duke Nukem to... <laughs> hurry up and finish the development of Duke Nukem Forever. They put out a re-release of Duke Nukem 3D called the 20th Anniversary World Tour in 2016. Do you guys remember that? Because Randy Pitchford was in trouble over that too before even this lawsuit became a thing three years later. I I can't keep track of Randy. him yeah. doing um, Randy things. The Randy. the. The re-release in question, the 2016 re-release of Duke Nukem 3D, had... I, I played it because I had to make a video about Duke Nukem, and it was the only version available on the storefronts, and that was like the first episode in recent history of me getting mad about a previous, better, old version of a game getting taken off a storefront. It doesn't capture your mouse cursor as well. The sound effects sound a little more compressed and crunchy, and so do the music files for some reason. It's uh, it's, it's it's a recurring problem. I think the new uh, Bethesda port of Doom had crappier versions of music that they had to patch out later on in the in the future. But apparently, three years later, that that music becomes a, a controversial, silly news story again because of uh, Bobby Price saying that they did not honor his original one dollar per unit sold royalty in this new version of the game they re-released. Uh, Bobby Prince's lawyers in their notice say that he contacted Randy Pitchford, who said everything would be, quote, taken care of, but he never received any money after that anyways. 
Um, he's also suing Valve. This one, at first to me, sounds a little bit sketchy, but then later on when I read the details, it sounds like a lawsuit that maybe should actually happen for some silly reason at some point in history. Uh, Bobby Prince's lawyers are also suing Valve, saying that Prince contacted Valve and issued a DMCA takedown notice claiming that this game was redistributing his music without paying him for it. And since Valve continued to distribute a game without uh, taking action based on an artist's involvement in the game who claims that they they should not have this thing released under the contracts in which he made the art, uh, they continued to sell it. And he is seeing that as a, as a violation of his contract and also Valve's policies as well. Um, which seemed like, like at first glance, I was just like, okay, that's, that's over fine print. But at the same time, if Valve either settles or loses on this case, then that sets a precedent for a lot of smaller, less prolific. (laughs) We were just debating over the term indie. This sets the precedent for a lot of smaller, less prolific indie artists to claim that their works that sometimes show up on steam and reused, uh, promo art and also game assets sometimes now have a precedent to fall back on. Like if someone, if someone makes a a stock image that a game developer copy pastes from a stock image website without buying the license, they, they now have to make sure that that original artist gets involved at some point in their, in their deal as well, that they have permission or they strike a deal or get some sort of royalty arrangement going $1 per unit in retrospect for a 1996 game sounds, I don't know about, about you guys but to me that sounds weirdly generous it makes me wonder if those kinds of deals are still going on i have no idea but i guess if he's owed money he's owed money for one dollar of every copy of duke nukem 3d sold wow wow um it's one dollar of the game not like the game soundtrack no of the game itself. It, it sounds like it. Um, quote, that, Apogee yeah. had limited, money. limited right to use Mr. Prince's music in Duke Nukem 3D in exchange for a royalty equal to $1 per unit sold. Maybe the, the phrase that might make it less is a royalty equal to? I don't know. But um, when I was doing a um, video on game testers a while back i i also was talking with a a developer who said that he had a royalty contract in place for a game that released in 2001 that allowed him to buy a house a few years after the game succeeded and that that's something those kinds of royalty deals are something he hasn't seen in his career since then so i'm wondering if like if Bobby Prince's logic here is something from from a better economy of 26 years ago that, that maybe more people need to know about nowadays, because I, I didn't know that people would get paid royalties in video game music back then. I, I don't know how they ever got paid, come to think about that, and that kind of speaks to a problem, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. There's no money in games anymore. There's no money in game. Any any other concluding or supplementary thoughts before I move on to the next story of Randy Pitchford getting in trouble? <laughs> no. 
Hit us hard, Georgie. Randy Pitchford got in trouble again this week from um, allegations from Troy Baker. During a interview with VG247, Troy Baker broke and clarified on something that had been a, a more minor controversy in the past, and that is his claims that um, Gearbox was, was turning down a role for a fan-favorite character, Rise... I think the character's last name is Wakefield. Um, Reese. Reese. It's Welsh. No, uh, <laughs> Rice Wakefield is an Australian actor. Um, but Reese, the, the name is Reese. Reese Strongfork. Anyways, Reese Strongfork is a uh, beloved character from the Telltale series, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, that they are bringing into Borderlands 3. However, apparently he's not being voiced by Troy Baker like he was in the Telltale series, because according to Troy Baker, Randy doesn't want to hire union voice actors. Which is a little weird of a story, because apparently two other voice actors who people know were part of the sag after union, who are also popular internet personalities, Ashley Birch and uh, Sum Wong, a.k.a. ProZD. Uh, yeah. They are involved in the project. Apparently there's there's ways, though, you can work your way in and still be a, a union um, hire working on a, on a non-union project if your, your like, contract begins before... The, the game in question got super duper popular because because Borderlands 2, when Birch first started with uh, this franchise, was the game that made Gearbox their like buckets of money. Like like Borderlands started printing money at, at number two. Um, and Borderlands 3 is selling like hotcakes, too. I'm I'm surprised at how popular this this game is. Like five million in three days or something like that. It's yeah, stupid. it's insane for a number three of what seems like a niche franchise like like something that uh has 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 obscure internet gamer humor that matches up just the worst cringiest humor yeah uh anyways um yeah this this is also separate from a previous story where randy pitchford got in trouble for not hiring claptrap's voice actor back on again over some some disputes that both parties are claiming different sides on gear gearbox is saying that that troy baker himself said no he wouldn't do it troy baker is saying no gearbox wouldn't do it because they didn't want to hire me because i was part of a union quote it was simply a matter of they wouldn't go union and i can't do a non-union gig and without getting too deep in the weeds of that we had long conversations about this i'm guessing those weeds are how how Ashley Birch and, and pro ZD would have gotten on. Well, maybe it was just different. Like depending on, I, I guess the way, the way Troy went on in the first place through, uh, tales of borderlands. That was obviously a telltale game on a gearbox IP. So the way Telltale, of course, in hindsight, <coughs> haven't handled things very well. Uh, the way Troy was hired or contracted originally would have been to ta- Telltale or through a contracting agency that Telltale were happy to deal with originally, but then whatever way they that had to happen when it 
was going through Gearbox to get to Borderlands 3 could have been different, but yeah, uh, it does uh, sound a bit like if there are other voice actors who are a part of the, what is it, the Saga? sag Sagaftra, that's it. Uh, and they also released a statement saying that Gearbox do actually work with some of the people attached to their union. So I, I don't know. It seems a little bit, even though there could have been a mix-up in the beginning, now he's dealing with Gearbox directly instead of Telltale. Um, the, but, the logic is that in under, under Texas law, which is a quote-unquote right-to-work state, you cannot fire or, or refuse to work with an employee based on their union affiliations, and that's what Troy Baker is claiming. Um, and apparently it, does, the, it does totally sound like Gearbox would fuck somebody over like that, though. I mean, it's par for the course with that company these days anyway. The, the and loophole. the tweet they came out with uh, regarding it was just like, oh, oh my god. Pure oh, I didn't gimmicks. see that. They were like, uh, we're sorry to hear that Troy has feelings about blah, 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 something, something. But they ended it with, uh, we're happy to uh, that Troy has gone on and had a successful career that we were able to create in the beginning with this role. <laughs> oh. It's a little passive-aggressive. <laughs> taking credit for... Uh, Everything that came after. The Last of Us, Joker, every other video game that isn't Nolan North in it. Video game male. Troy Baker is my favorite video game male voice. Um, the loophole is, is, is apparently getting a dispensation. Once a dispensation has been given for a project, once, once you get paid for, for an earlier work, related projects become a bit easier to get a dispensation, dispensation for if you're part of a union. This is all according to like, like comments under the Polygon article that are, that, that, that seem to claim a little bit more about how the union laws work. But anyways, there's 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 some fine print that I guess Ashley and ProZD got on the game with, and they don't... I guess they don't want to divulge the secrets of the drama like Troy Baker is doing on these interviews. It's definitely a mess. Gearbox, I mean, no matter how bad the press is, five million in three days, Randy Pitchford's not going to listen to anybody. He's just gonna continue, and they're gonna keep doing what they're doing. The worst part about a lot of these dramas is that, yeah, you make enough money and you can afford to suffer consequences in, in this society. Like, remember when, when Facebook had to pay, like, $7 million in FTC fees and their budget for that year was something like $70 million? Or 70 billion. Remember when we were talking about their their Oculus acquisition numbers and everything just seemed like such big numbers because their budget is so huge that, that they can commit crimes and get away with it because they actually can pay for crime? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... Remember when I Randy didn't... Pitchford lost his USB drive full of company secrets and his favorite porn at a restaurant? I think it's a. I think it's about time you and Randy had another tiff on Twitter. Remember when Randy Pitchford was tweeting the the locations and names and photos of stores at his local mall that was selling unlicensed Fortnite merchandise? I I can't wait till he says like, "Oh yeah, this is guy that has a hard on for me." That guy George, just like he did with Jim. 
Just can't wait for I can't that, wait man. for the day where Randy Pitchford is a guest on the show. Randy, well, we might be a guest on Randy's show because I heard he invites uh, 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 haters from from social media on his podcast. Randy Pitchford described Jim Sterling as "quote unquote" a bigger gentleman. What do you think Randy Pitchford would describe me as? I have no idea. A nobody, a nobody who isn't worth investing in. Hopefully, that's 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 the persona I try to try to portray in my various projects. Because nobody. Dude, it is so not worth it a lot of times being a hyper public personality on Twitter. We have seen so many good, talented people with their lives ahead of them get driven crazy by internet drama. Yeah. Yeah. So I am I am okay being a nobody if uh if I can if I can live comfortably doing it. In fact, that's like the normal way to live, right? Yeah. Obviously, only only a small amount of people in history are ever really expected to to bear the brunt of society's problems. Um, but now everyone can be a celebrity. You know, when I was at the the Greek airport and and some security guy like asked me what is your occupation, and I was like video producer, and then I gradually whittled it down to YouTuber, and he was just like, oh okay. Everyone's a YouTuber these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i tried um, to stay away from like oh how did you get into this i'm like uh well i just kind of felt like it you know i just kind of felt like doing this this video editing stuff you know never want to save youtuber because it's like always a negative connotation are you famous are you like no no i'm not how many subscribers do you have like no Wait, how many subs do you have Oh my god, you have Instagram. The difficulty of telling people you're a YouTuber comes from them assuming a whole bunch of weird shit that crisscrosses with the reality of the situation that itself is shameful to admit. And that's like, like the Jake first Paul. possibility that yeah, the first possibility they'll think in your mind is that you're a super oh duper famous, god. ultra successful one, which is probably not the case. Right. Because there there can only be, you know, a few of those in any given industry the second possibility is that they're gonna assume you're an edgy shitlord who like films bodies and and sparks drama oh. and and says racial slurs on stream for easy publicity when i'm pretty sure none of us and all the other youtubers i interact with like i'd very deliberately make an effort to avoid edgy type people yeah so I don't want to be lumped into that assumption either. The third thing they're going to assume is that you actually have, like, an extremely small amount of followers but think that you're famous. Oh, no. And, and I'm, like, not somewhere in there either. Yeah, like, I read through some Reddit comments that are just like, oh, yeah, sure, a, a, a successful YouTuber. My little brother is a YouTuber for fun. And... And and I guess the last assumption people make when you tell them you're a YouTuber is that actually making good money with it and achieving some degree of, of public notoriety is 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 worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to like like the kind of money that, that an audience that stuff like this podcast and my channel would receive in the past, it does not pay as much as is is distributing art on this scale used to no it does not let me tell you it does not i remember those paychecks going down and down and down 
remember those days. I do not envy you, George. I do not envy you. Speaking of financial difficulties, the third-party spin-off developers who closely worked with Nintendo to make the Mario and Luigi series of <laughs> RPG spin-offs has gone bankrupt. Oh man. The uh the Japanese developer Alpha Dream has uh well I can't I can't say it's gone kaput cuz they're going bankrupt, which means they're selling everything, right? Uh, uh yeah, but they've gone kaput. YouTube, not YouTube, Yahoo News Japan is reporting <laughs> that they are in debt of 40 million yen, which is 3.7 million USD, which that's, I believe, less than what Telltale sold their assets for when they went bankrupt. But at the same time, they're a surprisingly smaller and limited developer than I was expecting. Like, I uh, looked them up on Wikipedia, and it seems like their last big game was Mario and Luigi Dream Team from 2013. They did some re-releases for the 3DS in recent years, but, yeah, according to the news and according to the list I'm seeing, they, they haven't had a big hit in a while. And one weird thing that I wondered was, how do they make sure Paper Mario keeps going if Mario and Luigi aren't going anymore i for some reason i thought there was more more of a third party collaboration with uh yeah yeah with squaresoft going on because uh the mario rpg back in the 90s on the super nintendo was a collaborative effort with square and alpha dream well, was the, founded by x square yeah the guy who directed super mario rpg uh chihiro fujioka is the guy who uh, worked at <laughs> Alpha Dream. The director well, of that worked at Alpha Dream on the Mario and Luigi series. I I guess nothing lasts forever. I it's sad. Yeah. 19 they're, years. They're highly rated for... 19 years. For what they as a are. Company. But they're tr- a true indie company, as George would put it. Would I put it though? Because if they have Nintendo as their friends, that's like that still kind of makes them a vassal state. If they were, if they were truly under Nintendo's wing, they would absolutely have not gone bankrupt. And the fact that Nintendo didn't purchase them or anything is also a bit telling, because I can't imagine this happening to other third. Not third, because Alpha Dream are kind of like a second party, really. <laughs> they sure as hell are never going to let the Pokemon Company go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I don't think the dumb. Pokemon Company ever has to worry about that anyway. <laughs> um, when you're only making Mario and Luigi games for the 3DS, I don't know. You need some cash flow to pay how, how Laboratories is never going bankrupt. Well, I don't actually... I, I could foresee... But they're actually owned by Nintendo. Alpha Dream are not. It's not a subsidiary of Nintendo. Intelligent Systems is is the Fire Emblem company, right? Mm-hmm. And and How Laboratories is a Smash company. The Pokemon company is not going anywhere. But when you think of like the Mario and Luigi company, it's a little easier to picture them running out of ideas and not having a big hit in a while. It's well, yeah, because they were being bankrolled by Nintendo for a while. Bankrolled. It's it's gonna be gonna be weird when when this happens to other third party Nintendo partners. 
<sighs> there aren't that many, though. Most of most that you can think of, like intelligence systems, are all second party. So Nintendo have a stake in them financially as like a member of the board or, uh, you know, stakeholders in those companies. So they're kind of subsidiaries of Nintendo, so they wouldn't go bankrupt. But with Alpha Dream, of course, whatever contracts they had with Nintendo have obviously dried up. And whatever they were doing recently hasn't worked out, so they just are now no longer. But the problem is it's 46 people who lost their jobs. It's, it's sad. Damn. Video games are hard, man. It's scary. Yeah. Scary. And you, you were trying to get me into the video game industry the other day? Crazy person. Hey, man. Crazy. You gotta try it, though. I don't want to do marketing. Uh, anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Let's, uh, hire let's answer. Let's, let's. Oh, God. It, hiring Matt is way more important than answering these emails. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can, if I can go no, from, I, from, from such a no severe. One, no one wants video editors. No developers want video editors. They, they want to do it themselves or whatever. Like George does. <laughs> George. I'm sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus, James. I I am audibly shaking my head right now. It's <laughs> like I don't want to so, pay a video editor. <laughs> every every other week, we uh we we play a little audience participation game on Twitter. Every single week, we 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 don't play an audience participation game, but just take audience participation questions and comments from from our email inbox at dad and sons podcast at gmail dot com. This week's first question comes from Andrew C., who asks, Dear dads and sons thereof, what's up with George's weird speech impediment when it comes to saying the word exclusivity? Is it a journalist thing? An in-joke? Does he really not notice he's the only one saying exclusivity? Filial affection from Italy, a confused son. Um... You know, one thing I've noticed is that a lot, I hear a lot more of these complaints from people who, like, are in somewhere like Italy. People who learn English, rather than people who grow up with English, get on me about this stuff. And to be honest, I don't know where it comes from either. Like, <laughs> it, the thing is, I, I, I inf reflexively say exclusivity. But I can't for the life of me... There was a comment a couple of, I can't remember what it was exactly, but a couple of episodes back when you and me talked about exclusives and exclusivity for things and arguing about whether it's a good or a bad thing. And somebody was in disbelief that I had repeated the word about 25 times <laughs> during the episode and yeah. you had still yet to correct yourself and say it correctly. No, I never did. But you ended up like Matt. Did you even notice it? That you said a T Ex exclusivity. Yeah. No, I didn't actually. So yeah, I just if you I don't know. I just know what you're saying, so I, it just automatically my brain just <laughs> automatically. And, and George, yeah. when I've I've had um, angry Russian trolls like like Twitter at me about this shit for years. You when do I was pronounce in words quite frequently in a funny way. When, like when I, the Labo thing for oh, a while. Oh, yeah, Labo. And even in this episode, when you pronounced Reese, 
as like rise. Rise. R H Y. What it, should I be saying? Instead. This. Okay, when it's when, just when funny I sometimes when I was in Greece, Constantine was arguing with me on the steps of the Parthenon about how you're supposed to pronounce nuclear nu- nuclear new clear or nuclear. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I, I thought this story was going to be? I thought it was going to be a story about George arguing with a Greek man about the pronunciation of the Parthenon. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I thought the story would be. That would be a very George story. Arguing okay. with a Greek man about something Greek. So, up up until high school, I reflexively would say the placebo effect instead of the placebo effect. <laughs> no. Uh, the, the hyperbole instead of hyperbole. Yeah, the hyperbole, hyperbole one, I, that's that's okay. What, up, what about Kansas and Arkansas? 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 Holy exactly. shit, you're right, but it's exactly. spelled Arkansas. There, there's, there's a lot. Like, uh, um, mint and pint? No, it's pint. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Pint. Oh my god, yeah, mint and pint. Pint. Yeah, wow. I was just like, wow. my brain does not work that way. It's like, I have to say it exactly how I learned yeah, it. Yeah, because you, you grow up with it that way. And and when I was growing up, George Bush was saying the word nuclear a lot. And that's nuclear. how I ended up getting that myself. Nuclear. I don't... And, mm. and the placebo effect and the hyperbole, like, those are words that showed up in a lot of books I was reading, but I never heard them a lot out loud until high school. Um, until YouTube, I would say comparison instead of comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I don't know. I, I don't just go know. Let's the charts I, and uh, comparison these, uh, these two. I have one. Um, I used to say music as of music when i was really very, very young very young wait wait what would you say music instead of music for some music. reason i said it with music. an n <laughs> wow i don't know why i yeah, don't know we, where it we came just from. don't know music music gotta get down and listen to that music that music which babe. which which is well, funny because uh, uh uh the one section of this podcast that that matt always sits out is the music one <laughs> <laughs> it's news you can use anyways oh i can't one i can't believe you made that pun two i can't believe matt didn't get that immediately yeah oh my god i was like wait a minute what <laughs> i thought you were just silent because you were disappointed in the pun as well <laughs> it turns out you just you just missed it i just missed it yeah, music. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. Uh, uh, there Liam, you got you got any any embarrassing ones before before we move on to next question? Uh, I I definitely think faster than I speak anyway, so I make mistakes all the time with speech, but not. I make six pronunciation wise, especially when I'm tired. It's a good way of describing yeah. how it how it happens. Not really with pronunciation for the most part. Like I, I think speak the Queen's English, of course. I I guess the problem with me is that movies and TV were never my favorite way to waste time. I was always either reading text, like either on a video game or out of a book as a kid. So I like I grew up 
hearing a lot of words in my head that are different than the way they're supposed to be said with your mouth. Are you blaming books for being stupider and you should have watched TV instead? No, no, I'm totally wow. just like drumming myself up, you know. Wow. I was too smart to participate in your <laughs> pop culture. I was studying the blade. Wow, that's some hyperbole wow. right there. I'm, I'm a very, uh, oh, cacophony. That was another one I, I would say wrong <laughs> until YouTube. Cacophony. 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 Wow. Cacophony sounds like a silly prank you play with a fake piece of poop as a kid. <gasps> Anyways. What is, your, what is your favorite word? Ever? Yeah. Do you have, like, a favorite word? Oh, yeah. I feel like I have a few. Like a word you really like to say. And even though it may be all good <sighs> to like crowbar it into sentences, you, you do it. I Yeah, I got, I got one. I really, really like finagle. Finagle, that's good. I really like finagling with electronics, with software, with, with cleaning stuff around the apartment, with my life. Nice. What about you, Matt? Do you have a favorite word? Uh, moist. <laughs> mm, moist is a good one. Moist sounds like what it describes. That. Moist. Quintessential is my favorite word. Yeah, I. Me and Quintessential have a story. Um, oh no! What did? What have oh, I? Oh shit! Started? No, I fucking think. I think I was thinking of penultimate for a while. I thought penultimate meant like the, the ultimate, one. but it actually means the second to, to ultimate it one. Means the second to last. Wait. That that. That just blew somebody's mind. Somebody who's listening to this who has never been told that now has had that mind blown knowing that penultimate means the second to last. Quintessential second to the final. does mean what it sounds like it means. Like that means the 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 good like the example of something. Yeah, the exemplary thing you're yeah. categorizing is the quintessential one. George Whereas, is the quintessential YouTuber. And the penultimate podcaster. That doesn't make sense. You're the second to best podcaster, or the second to last podcaster. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it does because you know we are the 751st. What is yeah? What is the word for 751st? Are we still on this first question? Yeah, we should move on. <laughs> Next like, question. Two rounds. Yeah, go ahead. Next question is from Danny K for Liam mostly. You had any? No, no. Okay, so this is actually after a big paragraph <laughs> about getting into lifestyle shooter games like Destiny and how we they think about that. How they think that you wouldn't be able to. So Danny K asks Liam, "You had any thoughts on such a large studio like Bungie self-publishing and making moves? I can't imagine happening under Activision, especially considering Bungie employees seem pretty thrilled at the separation. I know it's not out of altruism, but is AAA self-publishing?" going to be more likely with digital storefronts and live games. What would other AAA online games look like if they were self-published and had the capital of Bungie to revamp how they constructed the game like Siege or Apex, etc.? Bungie are a very, very, very small example of this being able to be a success and work out. Bungie were a big studio before they were acquired by Activision. They obviously worked on one of the biggest shooting franchises of all time, so they had a lot of money anyway. And then to make this huge, massive project, which was Destiny, they needed to basically play uh, the safe card, which is have a publisher bankroll your giant $500 million trilogy. Video game. 
because otherwise your studio, even though it made a lot of money on Halo, can't bankroll that kind of project. Only a giant publisher like Activision can. But then once you realize the Destiny story wasn't so great, then Activision weren't so happy, but you're still making a lot of money, and you've got a huge fan base of, like, you know, 10 million players, you'd probably be okay going it alone. So I think with Bungie, they were like, hey, this isn't exactly working out as, uh, as we had promised. And Activision are like, yeah, we're sick of paying you, like, hundreds of millions of dollars to get this game out. Let's come to some conclusion where you can take over the royalties. The problem is, is if Destiny immediately failed and the the future of Bungie, a studio of like 600 plus people, would fall into the ground like Alpha Dream immediately. So it is probably not going to happen. I won't see AAA. I can't see AAA studios uh, publishing their own games. I mean, Nintendo are the, probably the only example, really. They're not a publisher. They're also a developer. Um, Ubisoft, I guess, count as well, but in regards to maybe a studio like the size of Bungie, I guess you could think Bioware, uh, maybe Respawn, maybe the Modern Warfare guys, Infinity Ward and stuff like that. I don't know, but I can't see anybody other than Bungie being able to pull this off because of what Destiny already was. It's just too much money. Like, think about how much it costs to make games like Apex Legends and... Uh, Destiny and Anthem, they are huge, massive games that take years, that take hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, nobody but publishers has that kind of cash. One thing that kind of... I I feel like like big, super-duper successful AAA games going on to become indie is something I really, really wanted to happen when I was a teenager and young adult, but now that it's happening, it... The result is, of course, a lot more boring than the the scenarios I was imagining. Um, the other big flip side of the coin is something like IO Interactive, which has been making damn good stealth Hitman games but lately. They also had to be bankrolled by a publisher and, for and a long time. They had a very brief snippet of independence before signing on for for WB afterwards. Because those games just did not sell enough to support that kind of project by itself. Meanwhile, Bungie probably does have the money and is making enough money to do it alone. Epic Still- Games is now like technically... Wait, no, they're owned by Tencent. Never mind about them. Bungie are a very, very different example. Bungie are... Of a size that is incomparable to places like IO Interactive and stuff like that, and, Crystal Dynamics or such. And and from my point of view, the grand tragedy of Bungie is that they made a shitload of money making these Halo games. So much that Microsoft kept making them want to make Halo games. So much so that the original creators of Halo eventually either got burnt out or left out because of inevitable legal issues that happen when companies get that big and make that much money and now the new people who are on are basically making new games that are very much in the style of Halo and they're still scheduled to do it up and for for another Destiny game and they have one non-Destiny title in the works by 2025 and it just it seems like a little bit of a waste to me to imagine that much money getting made and that much talent and that much of a solid video game 
um, um, dream team of, of great musicians and level designers and, and engineers for the Halo games kind of go to waste in that regard. Like, you'd think with greater independence would come more creative freedom, but the uh, trap that you see so many idealistic developers who make it big get caught into is, is never-ending sequels, and that's not good either. Well, but at the same time, these games require that kind of talent. They are monsters of incontrollable, uh, like... Ability. They they need massive teams of the highest talent, and they need a lot of money thrown at them to even get them out the door. And the fact that Destiny can be as huge as it as it is is a testament yeah. to the creativity of the mm. teams, and they'd be able to keep it going. So I, it's I, like a it's an oxymoron in itself. Really. I got another one for you. Oh, Matt and I shat on this one real hard last week, and that is Hideo Kojima who split away from his big evil corporate boss to go do his own thing, but ended up kind of getting gobbled up and making a big, super-duper, massively budgeted AAA, not really Metal Gear, but still kind of a spiritual successor to Metal Gear, that uh, there is actually a quote, I, I believe it is from Guillermo del Toro, about how Kojima did want to do some small thing and be a more traditional indie personality up until del Toro talked him out of it and was like, no, your fans want you to do something big. Oh god, we got del Toro to blame. And maybe yeah. that's the thing, is that fans want big... Th do fans want big things? I don't... Uh, Everyone well, from Kojima, uh, you kind of do. I don't I, know. I, I, I just wish that there were more games of more diverse genres being put out by the AAA industry, and that is why I am kind of looking forward to seeing Death Stranding being a AAA walking I simulator. Will, I will say, though, like, from what I see of Death Stranding and understanding game development and having worked on both GTA and, like, smaller projects and stuff like that, the fact that Death Stranding has been made with, like, 90 people... And probably extras outside of the studio and contracts. Yeah, they have the engine. But 90 core staff is a fucking miracle. That is not a lot of people. That is not a lot of people at all to make a game that huge and that polished and that minutiae. Well, we don't know if details. it's polished yet. No, but you can see just from the gameplay so far and the gameplay demos, like, I'm not talking about, like, no bugs or anything. I'm talking about the weird details, like the way the environment looks, the lighting, the polish on the water and everything, like the amount of dynamic animation Sam seems to have, like that takes years and months and months of long hours and hard work. And it's like 90 people made that. It's a miracle to me. Game development is just so massive that you have so many tasks and so much to do that to cover such a huge game like Death Stranding with only 90 people is um, amazing. Yeah, I'm going to hold off on that kind of praise until I play it. But it's not praise of the game. It's praise of the technical ability to pull a team together Ooh. to make something so massive. Ooh. The game could be absolute garbage. It doesn't detract from how it looks like yeah, we visually, artistically, animation... It's just like, commercials at this point, yeah, Liam. They're yeah. just commercials. Well, watch, no, it's watch, not. It, it's watch Dogs not looked really to me. good, too. And The Division. No, no, no. The Division looked it's, real but good. It, Ooh. But you, you you're misunderstanding. It's like when you know how hard it is to make something because you 
you do it for a living and you understand. Like it's not elitism or or thinking it any differently from a consumer, but it is different when I look at games because I look at them and think about how tough it is to make the games I've worked on and how I know how talented you have to be to achieve certain things, like technically and all that kind of thing. And then I look at games like Death Stranding, which have been made in such a time frame with such a small team, it is like really technically impressive. I, I can't because wait. Because you just know what has gone into it. The game could be utter garbage, but that doesn't take away or detract from it technically in melding together such a giant monster I mean, in in terms of Kojima games that turn into giant monsters that impress much lesser than the trailers do, we did just come off of MGS five. Yeah, and that yeah, that took fucking what six years to make. Yeah, they made their own engine with that one. This time they got to skip the step. Yeah, I mean that does <laughs> that does help. Problem with that is though, you need to train ninety people how to use the engine, and that takes time as well. That takes at least six months to get the best out of it. I, I can't wait for you guys to uh, press start and go to the map in Death Stranding and just see a bunch of icons everywhere, like an Assassin's Creed game or a Far Cry game. We know out of the three of us, the person who's going to love Death Stranding the most is most definitely going to be you, Matt. It's it's just it's written in the stars. <laughs> you think it's not going to be Liam? Liam is so no. much more hyped than us. I'm, I'm, like I'm not hyped the about least the game. Hype. You're misunderstanding. Really, I have seen you, nothing. I am, I am not I am not at all like hyped in terms of the gameplay. I'm looking at it as a purveyor of what is going on in the industry that I work in right now. I, Technically, it is very impressive. I just want some balls to the walls garbage, man. With some good gameplay. That's all I want. I just, I just want it man, constantly only coming. Only a month to wait. Only a month to wait. It's now October. It's out in November. Is, is it exclusive? PS4 thing? For a while. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me let me dust off my PS4 then. Uh, so uh, Jan V has a sobering question. Given oh my the game, have we not ended this two-hour monster ourselves yet? We're 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 about <laughs> Put a we're about in to it. to ruminate Put a bullet in it. on on endings. Given the game industry's current trajectory, oh God, no. how do you think the game industry will die? Oh my God, this question is going to take another twenty minutes. What what new industry slash business model will rise from the ashes? I I I will be quick in my answer because I could talk about this. I know for a while. I know we all know. I know, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the questions that were chosen, I'm man. Dead. What do you want me to do? Um, subscription uh, models are what I'm worried about. Uh, even though, of course. Apple Arcade and the Stadia stuff is have I don't know it's uh, I think subscription models will change games which is scary because depending on what the deal developers get they will change their games to maximize the profit they make out of the subscription model so that will mean probably it'll be like Netflix where or Spotify, like, how long is your game played for by how many people? And that is, like, the amount of money you will get from a pool shared with other developers on the platform. Which means developers are going to make games that try to 
make you not quit the game. So there'll be kind of manipulative game mechanics, more live-based services where you don't need to ever quit that game and all you have to do is play that game only. And that will suck out the creativity of the video games we have right now. But Apple Arcade has shown so far that because in this first batch we've had loads of crazy weird experimental games like What the Golf and uh, Grindstone and stuff like that, that maybe that won't be the case. But I do worry in the future that when the only money developers can get because nobody's going to buy $60 video games anymore like in 10 years time that the only way to get video games will be through subscription models and that will stunt creativity. Games will be around forever, I think, for as long as human civilization continues to have technology and isn't blowing the shit out, up the shit out of each other or killing the planet. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like the games you will actually be playing, I do worry they won't be as beautiful and creative and as varied as they are right now, which you might joke about because we get the same games all the time, remakes and remasters, but we also get What the Golf and other great, crazy things like that. Goose Game. So, yeah, Untitled Goose Game, the number one on the Nintendo eShop in America right now. That just goes to prove you there's still like great love for varied and wonderful games out there. And if we have subscription models, that might change. I do worry about that. Uh, Matt, do you, do you have a quick answer? Uh, yeah, Liam, Liam, Liam did a thing. Liam did the thing. We're at two hours. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you on on. I think games on an electronic screen are going to be around forever. But one thing that really, really, really scares me and has been like digging into the back of my mind for the past four or five years is I think a generation of kids are growing up with a different understanding of of games being like an immersive world building journey rather than games that are like thousand year older concepts that are like how to how to have math um, um, loop players in and out of inputs in a fun way. I don't know. I feel like like around 2004, 2005, everyone started going game game design school, and all the big expensive AAA games are are now uh, third person shooters with light stealth elements that have three pronged upgrade systems that all look and play so similar to one another. Whether you're playing Spider Man or God of War. And I feel like what's what's greatest at risk is not video games going away, but the like the the turn of the the turn of the millennium dream of video games being an immersive cyberpunk full body experience that that envelops you into a, a fantasy scenario rather than games being a time waster on a screen. Because yeah, if there's an environmental collapse or a, or an economic worldwide depression or a, a state of total war, that's going to shuff, shuffle away so much of, of society's money away from video games towards more practical concerns. And that, I, I don't see how that would stunt development, if not end this kind of, of entertainment altogether when... When when people are gonna have to be rationing for well, for various point, apocalyptic like, reasons, video games are video games. They are They're great, so expensive to make. That money is gonna be going to life. To, to battle. Yeah. That money is gonna be going to battleships and aircraft carriers. The five hundred million dollars that got put into into technology for Destiny is gonna get put into facial recognition drone turrets. It's gonna be sad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But. We'll get there. Will we?
But your denizens will still be around. Yeah. Maybe in the ground. Uh, 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 uh,